Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi taala wabarakatuh ladies and gentlemen esteemed guests I'm Dr Nozaida Osman from International Law Unit ILU Faculty of Sharia and Law FSU University Scientist of Malaysia you see your moderator for the episode with International Court of Justice ICJ with His Excellency Professor Dr Dilip Tiladi from South Africa and our own expert from ILU FSU Simulation Dr Farid Ahmad Hassan. So our third episode is on the ICJ versus the ICC. So as usual for this third episode, I have three questions for each of our invited speaker. My question number one: Are this ICJ and ICC are they the same? If not, what are the differences uh, between the two courts? Uh, Justice Tilagi and Dr Farid, the floor is yours. The answer is that they are not the same court, obviously. One, because they are established by different instruments, uh, different treaties. In terms of the differences between them, uh, the ICC's primary function responsibility is the prosecution of individuals for commission of particular crimes, crimes against humanity, war crimes, crime, uh, war crimes, genocide and aggression. Um, so it's prosecution of individuals and for particular crimes. So two things to take from that it's about the individual is being prosecuted and secondly there's a limited um, material um, um, some material jurisdiction and that material jurisdiction is is limited to international crimes the ICJ has there's no limit to its material jurisdiction that's the first thing so it can deal with any issue relating to international law whether it's the law of the sea international human rights law international criminal law even uh, law of war and peace use of force etc But the limitation is that as far as the settlement of disputes is concerned, it's limited to settling disputes between states. So it's not concerned with the prosecution of individuals. In fact, individuals cannot be party to, uh, to proceedings before the international courts. Um, um, so before the International Court of Justice, only states can. And so that's the, those are the main Um, so the main differences, I think, between the ICC and the and the ICJ. Okay, thank you, Justice Tiladi. Uh, Dr. Farid, do you want to add anything? Well, I think that uh, Justice Tiladi has perfectly uh, explained uh, on the difference between the two. Yeah, again, I would just would like to recap what uh, Justice Tiladi has mentioned. That yeah, for as far as the ICJ is concerned, the parties before the ICJ only concern states. Right, and um, uh, it is it has unlimited jurisdiction except for the prosecution of individuals, because individual cannot be parties, cannot be arrested, and cannot be prosecuted before the ICJ. But uh, as far as the ICC or International Criminal Court is concerned, the parties before the ICC are only individuals, not states. Right, and uh, as far as the the temporal jurisdiction or the time frame of the jurisdiction, as far as the ICC is concerned, all right, according to the Rome Statute, which establishes the the ICC, uh, the cutoff date that the ICC has jurisdiction starting from July 2002 onward, because that is the uh, the cutoff date that the, the, the that the ICC can start its or commence its jurisdiction. So if the crimes Under the ICC jurisdiction, as uh, rightly mentioned by Justice Taladi mentioned earlier, that, for example, on war crimes, genocide, 
crime against humanity or aggression committed prior to July 2002, then the ICC will not have jurisdiction, right? But only afterwards. Thank you, Dr. Farid, for, for your response. My second question is, the ICJ is also known as the World Court. Disclose that it should be a proper forum convenience, if not the forum convenience to settle disputes between states. So why do we still need other courts and tribunals such as the ICC, Ross, PCA and the like? I mean, I think the the, the reason uh, why we still have courts is, is just simply because um, of what I would call the, um, the horizontal system of international law, which is basically that states are free to choose um, the mechanisms um, for the settlement of disputes that they prefer. In, in an ideal world, you would have a system where the ICJ had compulsory jurisdiction, but the ICJ does not have compulsory jurisdiction. And because the ICJ does not have compulsory jurisdiction, there remains a role to play for other courts. Um, if a state, for example, wants to settle its dispute through a judicial process but doesn't want to go to the ICJ, then it's good that there's options like, um, like arbitral tribunals, there are also courts with very specific jurisdiction, right? Um, so, so if there's, for example, a, a dispute pertaining to um, the law of the sea, states now would, might want to rather use um, um, the tribunal for the law of the sea instead of uh, uh, using the International Court of Justice. There's also the possibility, of course, um, of sort of relying on uh, specialized forums like the WTO, uh, so dispute settlement mechanisms. So all of these are, are reasons, but, but, but really at the heart of it is the choice of states and states have the option um, of making their determination. Thank you, Justice Siladi. Um, Dr. Pari? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, because uh, when we discuss and, and deal with dispute settlement mechanisms, whether it is arbitration or whether it is court system. So uh, the aim of the parties uh, is just to resolve the disputes. So what we have at the international level currently, like rightly uh, mentioned by Justice Taladi earlier, that uh, at the international level, uh, it is a horizontal application of international law, whereby one dispute settlement mechanism will not supersede the other, right? But it is uh, it just provides uh, to the parties or the to the nation's concern, what are the options that they have at the international level, whether to go to the ICJ or whether to go to a very specialized and specific jurisdiction, uh, for example, to the International Tribunal on the Law of the Sea, for example, or the World Trade Organization or the WTO, all right, to settle the, the concern disputes between the nations rather than to go to the ICJ. Or perhaps they think that they do not want to be fighting. Again, I would like to, to use the word fighting in bracket to go to the court like the ICJ or to its laws, for instance. So the, perhaps like, they would like to go to a less contentious mechanism such as arbitration because you know the parties would be like you know, having a, an informal discussions in order to reach the destination, i.e. to resolve the disputes. So. Again, uh, like uh, uh, we have mentioned earlier that at the international level, there are various uh, legal dispute mechanisms which are available to the nations and parties to resolve the disputes. But we also have to look at what are the disputes and whether such legal dispute mechanisms have the jurisdiction to hear and determine such cases. 
right? So if one judicial dispute mechanism has no jurisdiction, then we have to opt for another alternatives. Thank you, Dr. Farid, for your response. So that will bring us to our final question. The UNSC has the power on both the ICJ and the ICC. As for the ICJ, the UNFC has the power under Article 65.1 of the ICJ statute to request the ICJ for its advisory opinion. Meanwhile, the UNFC also has the power under the Rome Statute of the ICC to refer a situation to the ICC to decide on whether aggression has been committed and to halt any investigation and prosecution by the ICC under Articles 13b, 15b. 15 and 16th of the Rome Statute. So my question is, does this mean that the ICTJ and the ICC are not independent and being controlled or dictated by the UNSC? So what's your response, uh, Justice Tilani? Well, so no, I would not say that it means that the ICJ and the ICC are, are not independent. So, so you, you know, the Security Council. So one, remember that the power to request an advisory opinion is a power um, that's not only for the Security Council, also the General Assembly uh, and also other international organizations. So that's the first point that I would make. The second point, and this is really more important, is that whether the referral is to the ICC or whether the request of advisory opinion from the ICJ ultimately remember that the that that both courts the international court of justice and the icc uh reserve the right to act independently so for example the security council can refer a situation to the icc but ultimately in terms of deciding whether to prosecute and what the outcome of that prosecution will be the security council can't make that determination right so that determination ultimately always has to be made so by the international criminal court by the same token when the security council or the general assembly or whatever international organization makes a request for an advisory opinion, um, the ICJ will be free to make whatever determination about that request. It can even decide that it's not going to listen to that request, right? So that's always a possibility. It can decide that it doesn't have the jurisdiction or it can decide that it has a jurisdiction, but it's going to to exercise its discretion not to actually uh, exercise the jurisdiction. So no, they remain independent. What the power of the Security Council to refer and to request advisory opinion is, is just simply an avenue, a further avenue of sort of expanding the jurisdiction of the of the court. You did. That's an interesting response, Justice Tiladi. And how about uh, Dr. Fari? Do you want to add anything before we end our third episode? Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, it is a very uh, interesting question uh, and, and people are questioning that uh, we have seen that, you know, Security Council has been uh, requesting uh, the ICJ for, for that matter to, to provide uh, legal opinion or advisory opinion and again uh, as uh, uh, justice Teladi has mentioned that uh, not only the I, uh, or not only the security council has the power to request for an advisory opinion the general assembly also has the power to do the same and also other organizations or international organizations such as the uh, the ILO right international labor organization does it mean that uh, the, the ICJ has been dictated by any other uh, bodies uh, as well? The answer again is no. Because, you know, again, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the reason why the ICJ statute provides the ICJ this uh, 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 jurisdiction to, can be, uh, to, to be triggered by these organizations is just to provide more venues for the parties, right? And also to provide 
uh, I would say uh, to, to, to security in terms of uh, resolvement of international legal disputes by the ICJ in terms of clarifying what are the the unresolved legal principles under international law by the ICG. But again, it is up to the ICG whether to provide or to answer such requests in terms of its decision, whether to agree or disagree. And coming back to the ICC, for instance, again, even though the, the Rome Statute, like, like, um, like uh, the Madam Moderator has mentioned, quite a number of provisions under the Rome Statute where the, uh, the, the Security Council can refer or defer cases uh, to the ICC or from the ICC. Yes, that's true. But again, it is up to the ICC whether to decide on the same page of the Security Council or to decide otherwise, right? So the independence of the uh, judiciary, i.e. The, the, the ICC in this sense, again, is, is, is cannot be, uh, I mean, should not be questioned, right? Because uh, although such powers have been given to the, uh, to the Security Council under drone statute, but again, it goes back to the, the reason behind providing such powers to be granted to the, uh, to the Security Council, i.e. to provide more avenues more rooms to the parties, more rooms to the international community to resolve the disputes to be brought to the ICJ via various uh, alternatives. Okay, thank you Dr. Farid for your answer. Thank you all for tuning in to this Muslim podcast on the International Court of Justice. In this session, we explored the differences between the ICJ and the ICC and other courts and tribunals such as the one mentioned just now, it blows, PCA, these are choices for state. Uh, it, is, it depends on the matters referred to and like both of you mentioned, this uh, horizontal application of the international law but with the ultimate aims for justice and dispute settlement. Once again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned.